Hey everybody, this is Mikkel, and I wanted to share something with you from this past Sunday's service. This is an element that we used in our communion celebration, and it wasn't on the main Sunday morning podcast, but I thought you'd appreciate it, so I wanted to share it with you. Here it goes. Uh, On Sunday, Robbie talked about three stories of people who have an encounter with God, and each of them react similarly. Uh, In the case of Isaiah, Isaiah responds to having a vision of the throne room by saying, Woe to me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. And likewise, Peter has this encounter where he sees Jesus perform a miracle, and his initial kind of knee-jerk reaction is to say, Get away from me, Lord, because I'm a sinner. And Paul, who likewise had his own dramatic encounter with God, referred to himself as the least of the apostles. And so it seems to be kind of an innate, baked-in reaction, when we encounter the holy, we become painfully aware of how unholy we are. And I think that that reaction is good and healthy, but that's not where any of those people's story ends, and that's not where our story ends either. I want to share one more story with you from the Old Testament. This happens in Genesis 18, 1-8. This story is called The Hospitality of Abraham. And in our show notes, there should be a link to a painting. This is a a Russian icon by an artist named Rublev, and it's called the Trinity. And this painting is kind of considered to be the apex of Russian art. It's a beautiful icon that has been beautifully restored. Um, I'd invite you to kind of really meditate on this photo because it really is uh, gorgeous. Um, But the story goes that the Lord appeared to Abraham by the Oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant." So they said, Do as you have said, and Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd, and he took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. So if you'll kind of take a look at this painting, you have these three figures described in the story, and Rublev portrays them uh, beautifully as the Trinity. On the far left, you have a figure who is enshrouded in gold, and this is to represent the majesty of God. And in the center, you have Jesus the Son, who is clothed both in blue to represent divinity and in brown to represent humanity. And likewise, you have the third figure who is dressed in green, to represent kind of a vibrant, uh, verdant, life-giving Holy Spirit. And kind of conspicuously absent from both the story as they ate and in the painting are Abraham and Sarah. They're not depicted here. Uh, It says Abraham waited under a tree, and in the background of the painting you can see a tree, and it says that Sarah waited inside, and in the back you can see a tent or a building or what have you. And they are not there. They, for themselves, when they encounter God, they, like the other three stories we heard on Sunday, disqualified themselves. They shrank away. They could not, for themselves, imagine a place at the table with the God. 
And we did this in the context of communion. And what I wanted to impress on people on Sunday and what I want to impress on you now is that at the table of the Lord, there is a place for you. That the bread and the wine that Jesus serves, his body and his blood, represent to you a divine, sacred invitation to join into this new kingdom, this new covenant. And while for ourselves, when we set the table, we can't, we can't make it, we, we seem unable or unwilling to see for ourselves a place, but at God's table, there is. And the interesting thing about the painting, if you look at it one more time, down at the bottom quadrant of the painting, there's a small square space on the table, like a little rectangular shape. And art historians have kind of not really understood what that is or what that's meant to represent. And some restorers have seen uh, what they think to be uh, residue of some kind of adhesive or glue. And so that begs the question, well, if there was glue there, then what was mounted onto this painting? What, what was added to it to make it, you know, to justify there being glue there? And some people have speculated that Perhaps there was some kind of mirror, reflective, metallic surface there. And the beauty of this idea that I love so much is that if you then approach the icon, you would see yourself seated at the table with God, as God would have it. And so the next time you're breaking bread in fellowship or you're taking part in the Eucharist, I just want to challenge you to think about that, to think about how this is not just a, um, it's not just a practice uh, or a ritual, but that you are re-engaging a cosmic invitation to join into the divine dance, uh, as Richard Rohr calls it. And there's, that's just, to me, a beautiful idea. And I hope that blesses you. I hope that encourages you. Hope that makes you think and challenges you. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. So uh, God bless. We'll see you soon. Take care.